to Let's Get At It, Dynamic Conversations from the Heart. Thank you all for joining us on Let's Get At It, Conversations from the Heart. We have a very special guest here today, and I'm really excited to hear hear from him. And at this time, I want him just to introduce himself. We've had, well, let me just say, we've had some really good guests. The culture of our society is up in an uproar. Absolutely. And um, we have another black young man with us, and we just want to hear from him. Why don't you introduce yourself to us? Yeah. I'm Matthew, and I'm 21 years old. Okay. Matthew, you're 21 years old. Why so I got a question for you, Matthew, 21 years old. Mm-hmm. A young little still wet behind the ears in society. But let me ask you a question <laughs> here, young man. So you have to leave out of the house and go out into society. So how do you as a black man assimilate into the society that has been uh, designed for you? Or really not designed for you? How do you get out there and do your thing? So basically, a day in the life of me assimilating is my friends say they come pick me up, right? Mm-hmm. And of mm-hmm. course, I make sure I got that thing on me. Oh, really? Always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> so we went to the bank, right? Right. I put on my mask and I went in and I did what I had to do. Uh, really? What, what was, was that? What was that? What? what was that? I had to make a deposit. Because oh. <laughs> there was a sign clearly on the door that the said, mask. no, okay. you cannot come in without your mask on. I, got you. I know you wasn't robbing a bank. Because oh, you and your friends are just a little bit too scary to too do anything scary like that. Too scary to do something like that. I don't know about that. Mm. Wow, that was good. That was good because looking at you as a black man and you telling that story before people know what that story was about they automatically think when you say i got my thing on me and i put my mask on and you go into the bank automatically you would be labeled as a bank robber right but on a serious note assimilation for me i guess you would call it on a daily is making sure I got my insurance to my car and my glove box making sure my Mm -hmm. headlights are in and right making sure that i don't wear a hood or my music is not too loud or kind of just walking a thin line of making sure me and trouble don't mix. Exactly. Cause you don't want to run into that. You don't. And isn't that a shame that you have to do that, that you have to be told before you go out the house um, to do these, go through this checklist of items to do right so that you can go out and handle your own personal business so that nobody will bother you. Do you think white people are having to tell their kids this kind of stuff? Absolutely not. I don't think they even know what it's like to be a little bit in fear or a little bit nervous about like, man, I got to I'm I'm getting I'm leaving this place at 12 and I got to get home by the time I get home is one. I'm on this late drive home. Like, hope I don't get pulled over. Right. Just right. Whatever it might be. Just I don't think they have any idea of what it's like. They like they're completely oblivious to it all. Right. Do you, do you really think that they're oblivious or they just don't want to know? Well, when he says that he thinks that they don't have a clue, their parents didn't have to give them all the checklist of life as a man. Do this, do that, do this, do that. They just let them just go out because they don't have that fear. That's not something that, that comes up again. That's not something that, that they have to deal with. I got a word for that. A r- really I know a phrase. You, right. White privilege. White privilege. Exactly. And those people, if you're born white, you're, you're already, it's like being born white is being born with the proverbial silver spoon in your mouth. Right. Because you don't have to deal in terms of social justice 
you don't have to deal with the things that a black person has to deal with. Right. And I know you'd be like, oh, he's crying the woe is me uh, song. No, absolutely not. Not crying that song. I'm saying that we as parents and any parent, any parent that's really worth anything wants better for their children. That's right. all they want is Always. better mm -hmm. for your children. You want better for your grandkids. So if that's what you want, then sure, you want to get out there and better for everybody. We want everybody to be happy. Right. No, Rodney King said, can't we all just get along? Can we all? It would be nice, but it just is not happening that way because here we are again. Here we are again. And I heard a police say, um, no, not a police. It was a, someone on, t on CNN say they... They do. The crime is done against us as a black black people. They go to jail. We get quiet for a minute, and it just starts all over again. It's a cycle. It's, just, it's a cycle. So, um, what do you think? How do you think change is going to come, Matthew? Or do you even think change will come? Uh, near in the near future, no. I don't think change is going to come. I think that we kind of shook the world with these protests because now big brands and big companies are taking a stand. Like right. we kind of made it unpopular to be silent. Like before they could Absolutely. just keep living, but now they know like, Hey, we got to speak up and stand for something. Cause they're not accepting silence no more. Right. And as far as change, uh, let me, before you move on, let me ask you something. So not accepting their silence. Can you really accept what they say? Because you didn't say anything before and now you're saying something. So how do you discern or how do you determine the, the reality of what they're saying? Uh, are they being fake or not? How do you well, determine think, that? Go ahead. I think we get, I, I don't want to get caught up in, is your statement genuine or not? Because right. if your statement was genuine, you would have said it before we put pressure on you not to be silent. So right. now I'm not concerned with the genuineness <laughs> of your good. statement, but I'm now more glad that you feel like you're being pushed into a corner to have to speak up. Right. Because I'm not too worried about what you say, because if you meant it, it would have been said. But now that you're saying something, I know that I kind of have you walking to my side to be in my corner. Right, exactly. So You know yeah, what? Let me just say good. this. As, as young people, you keep the fight going on. But you also understand my, was it my mother or grandmother? Somebody said, when they show you who they are, yeah. believe them. Believe them the first time. So, yeah, they're going to say all kinds of stuff only because they want the numbers and they want your money. And they want you to buy their product or whatever the case is. But where were you? And, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. You don't want to dwell in the past. But don't forget. Don't because forget. that's the problem that we've always had is we forget. Right. And that's why we always end up back in the same spot. Exactly. Because we have forgotten. We dealt with Emmett Till and the way they did him and hacked him up. And then they let these two white guys off for free. Didn't get in any trouble. And then we, we deal with, it's, it's every single year we deal with people that are getting killed by blacks. Right. So just don't forget about what they have shown you who they are. The first time. Go ahead. Uh, you, you asked me about change and when I feel like change is going to come. I feel like nothing's going to change. It's going to be protest after protest and hashtag after hashtag until people in charge start to attack the system that's in place when people say systemic racism that's the system the well-oiled system that's been in place for years and years and years right mm -hmm. that uplifts one that one race and oppresses the minority right. right so i feel like once that is attacked on every front when i say every front i mean 
the education system. I right. mean, the prison system. Right. I mean, uh, local local uh, politicians and the politics of it all. Right, right. And that's what I mean by systemic racism. And until the system changes, until mm-hmm. those that are in charge change the system, we're going to have the same thing. And, you know, right now you got people putting out all of these blurbs about they stand for this and they don't stand for that. And everybody's putting it out there. And Matthew, as you said, yeah, well, you can't take that for face value, but you do know in your mind, okay, at least I got you talking now. And I guess that's something. But I'm stuck on this. You showed me who you were. And so, and that, that, that doesn't say that there's no room for change because that's what we want is we want, we want change. And everybody is not on the wrong side, if you will, mm-hmm, or ad, mm-hmm. uh, uh, adversarial towards our cause. Right. But for the same token, you showed me who you are. So I got to move on. Right. We got to move on. That was really good. Thank you so much, Matthew. I'm glad that you came. And I just want everybody to know we're not white bashing at all. We're just talking about what's going on, what society is dealing with in this Before moment. Before you go on, let me ask this question. Why, why, why must it be that we have to uh, preclude our statements about this whole circumstance saying that we are not white bashing? Why can't we just speak our truth? And our truth is reality. Why can't we do that? I think a lot of people take it as white bashing, and it sounds like white bashing, when it actually it's us saying, hey, there's a system that's in place that is built to uplift white people. So when we, when we talk about the issues, it might sound like white bashing, when in actuality we're trying to address a system right. that's in place that's fixed for one group of people right. to and oppress and fixed to oppress another group. Right. So we're not, we're not, uh, I'm not going to say white bashing, but I don't apologize for my opinions. Yeah. I don't apologize for the things that I say and the way that I think. Uh, it's the system that's in place and that's the way it is. So I think we just need to truth. open our eyes. And what we, we came today just to hear from some young men so that we can be aware of what, how they feel and what the things that they go through. And we just need to open our eyes, open your eyes. So Matthew, is there anything else on your heart? Nope. It's okay. Man, a few words, but so profound. Listen, we appreciate you for taking out your time to join with us on this podcast, Let's Get At It. Thank you for sharing your voice with the world. Thank you. Thank you. Here we are once again with dynamic conversations from the heart. Let's get at it. Let's get at it. And we are so glad that you have taken out your time to uh, listen to us. We know you don't have to, but you're listening to this wonderful, illustrious voice. And you're listening to Rita's <laughs> voice. I know, it's funny to you, but we have to do this talking. And hopefully uh, we're not boring you. But listen, we've been talking about the issues that are going on in the world today. Not just the United States, but in the world. Right. And we are uh, thankful for our worldwide listeners in the Philippines and in uh, Australia and in Africa, as well as the United Kingdom. We thank you all so much for joining in with us. And we appreciate you for joining in the struggle and fighting the struggle. And we're so glad that we have been able over the past couple of weeks to speak with some young black men who have given us their perspectives on uh, the issues that are going on in terms of Black Lives Matter. 
right and uh, but today you know we have something a little bit different we have a young lady here and she's going to a talk young lady here. I'm sorry. and she's going to talk to us about how does she feel she has a son being a mother how about we just start let her introduce oh herself. yeah yeah let's yeah. do that first I'm, I'm, I'm jumping ahead of myself because i'm so excited to hear what she has to say Okay, hi. My name is Christy, and I am 33 years old. Okay. How, how old are you? 33. Oh, my goodness. 33. You make That's me good. feel old. <laughs> okay. Well, Christy, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. Yes, we appreciate you taking out your time to uh, speak with us and let the world know your perspective of whatever it is that we're talking about. Thank you. You're welcome. Wow. So, I have a question. Um... What is it like being a mother? First of all, tell us about your son. I think that that would be good. Okay. I have, my son is seven years old. His name is Jackson and he is very, he has a very big personality. Yeah. And he's very headstrong. Huge. <laughs> His personality is huge. He's very headstrong. Not the head, the personality. Yes. Okay. <laughs> He's very headstrong. He knows what he wants. He knows exactly what he wants. He will tell you exactly what he wants, but he also has a really big heart. He's very compassionate and he loves big and yeah, that's good. Yeah. He just loves people. So with that being said, him being headstrong and the, a very big personality, you as a black, a mother of a black son, what is it like? having a th- that type of son for you it's scary mm-hmm. i'm i am constantly i'm very vigilant over him right and i'm very um sensitive about him if mm. i i don't know if that's the best word to say i am very cautious because i know a lot of people can take his frankness and mm-hmm. his directness as being mean or being just a bad a little bad little boy right but he that's just how he expresses himself and i can't um i don't i believe that kids should be able to express themselves the way that they see fit because not everybody is the same uh so i am very um i let him express himself the way that he feels that he needs right. to. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to keep the open line of communication. I don't want to ever make him feel like he can't say something to me. Um, so, yeah. When you said, and all of that is really good. Thank you for that, for sharing that. When you said that it's scary in today's culture and today's society, things that are going on, um, this, uh, all black lives matter movement and all of that kind of stuff. Does that scariness that you say is it does it play into what's going on in our culture right now? Yes, because um there have been cases where um as black people we are always seen as being angry mm-hmm. when we are direct and when we are strong and when we know what we want right and when we speak on it. And so, um, even in school, like it's already started and he's in elementary school. I had issues with his teacher this past year just because he's not like he was, he's one of the only, I think there were, 
I don't think I think he was the only black black kid, kid mm-hmm. black boy mm-hmm. in his grade. And in his grade or in his class? In his grade and class. Wow. He was the only black boy the only visit like there were he there were mixed kids in his class. But, uh, the only but black, the only black fully African American boy in his entire grade. Wow. In the whole kindergarten? In the whole first grade. In the whole first grade. Yes. Wow. Mm-mm. Yeah. So I Well, have, I can appreciate I can appreciate that and understand that as a military child. I had the same issue. I was in classes. I was almost in the whole dadgum school and the only black person in the school. And there's like three or four or five blacks in the whole school. So I understand how he, of course, he's first grade, probably not thinking about those things. But I can probably, I can appreciate as he gets older, if that continues, I understand. Yes. I'm trying to get it out of there, though. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Because they didn't understand him. He was, they, they made it seem like he was angry mm-hmm. and that he was very um, forceful towards the kids, but it was only because he expressed himself differently than them. Like, because he was black and because he was strong and because he spoke his mind, mm-hmm. it was, oh, he's a problem. But right. you get other kids like that and it's like, oh, they're just they're just speaking their mind. But for him, it was like, Oh, you know, we want to teach Jackson that he can't say this to other kids. He needs to just bring it to the teacher. And I'm like, but if they're saying something to him, why isn't he, why isn't he allowed to say something back? Right. And the year before when he was in kindergarten, he was at a predominantly black and Hispanic school. And I didn't have any of those issues. I'm going to say it again. That's where this white privilege comes into play. Right, exactly. when you start talking about kids and start telling, well, Johnny, he's angry. And Johnny uh, needs to learn how to talk to people. Right. And Johnny needs to do da-da-da-da-da-da and not do this. And Johnny needs to tell. Mm-hmm. Okay, really? Well, how come Billy doesn't need to learn how to tell? Or how yeah. come Billy doesn't need to learn how to do certain things? Why is it always that Johnny has to do everything? That's not the case. And it is because it, it's a racial, racial issue. And uh, the young man spoke about it a little bit ago. It's a systemic problem right. that we have. And it, it, it bleeds out into every area of our lives, especially in education. Right. Uh, it bleeds in politics. Uh, it bleeds, and believe it or not, in religion. Uh, it's everywhere and until these systems change right we're going to continue to have these problems hence the reasons why we are dealing with the fallout of all of these protests now and people people are tired people black people are tired of our brothers and sisters being shot down in the street like dogs tired of our brothers and sisters being hung uh, like their lives don't matter. Yep. And yep. in fact, they do. They do matter. So when you, Christy, when you hear this young man on TV say, and 47-year-old man, 46, Mr. Floyd, however old he was, uh, losing his life, and I'm pretty sure he came to that realization that th- this is coming to an end. There's something going on. Yeah, he said it. He, he starts, said, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I'm done. Starts calling for his deceased Mm -hmm. mother. How does it make you feel as a mother of a black child Mm -hmm. in 2020? It's terrifying. It broke my heart and I am terrified. I, I can't say anything else. I literally, and I think I've been in a depression since it happened. 
and just kind of just not really knowing what to do. Just like I'm numb to it, not numb to it, but my, I'm just numb. Right. Because mm-hmm. I think about Jackson and I'm like, if he were 18 or if he were 16, cause they get, they get their license at 16. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So what if he's 16 and he's driving and he gets pulled over and they put, for whatever reason, they put him, they pull him out of his car. Well, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen with these new kids nowadays when they say, well, Mr. Jackson, uh, let me see your driver's license and your insurance. First word out of his mouth is going to be what? Why? Why? And that's going to start it all yep. because the police and those in charge do not want to hear the word why from us. They don't want to be challenged. And some of our kids are just like that. All of my boys are very headstrong. They're, they're men. They're alpha men. They speak up for what they want. And our grandchildren are growing up to be the same way. And it's really scary because if if they are pulled over and they say, why am I, is there a problem officer? They don't want us to challenge them. Cause we saw a film just today. The guy was challenging them and then they was just like, well, bye. He said, well, do you have any reason to stop me? I saw that. I'm, I'm filming in a public, I'm taking, you know, in a public place. Mm-hmm. And he knew his stuff. And see, that's, that's the thing about black children. Mothers tell and talk to their black children because you got to know your stuff. When you leave, those boxes have to be checked. Yep. And that's the why, that's the reason why I talk to my black children because I wanted them to know going out in society, you got to be equipped. Yeah. Now, do you think white people have to talk to their kids about that? Do you do you honestly think that growing up in if you were you had friends that were growing up there, they're Caucasian. Would they have to go through the same thing that you go through? I'm sorry. Cauc- Caucasian kids. You know, we were talking about your son, Jackson, if he was 16 driving. You know, what what do you think about the kids hit that same age do they would they have to get treated or do they have to go through the same things that jackson would have to go through nope Nope. and why do you say that um well they people have been saying it lately but black boys are or black people in general we are um punished more they, they are always going to be more violent and more forceful towards black kids than they are towards white people, white people versus black people versus, uh, let's say a white, a white boy has weed, a 16 year old white boy has weed in his pocket, right? Mm-hmm. A black 16 year old has weed a good in his example. Pocket. Mm-hmm. The white boy is going to get a ticket going about your way. We're going to confi- confiscate it. A black boy is going to go to jail. Exactly. Every mm-hmm. time. And even when they say it can't be over this amount, that amount, this amount, nine times out of ten, that black boy is going to jail. Yep. Um, See, it's this white privilege. I'm back there again. Right. This white privilege thing that has to be done away with. And until the systems change, and I keep saying this, until the systems change, then it's going to remain like that. That's why you're because scared for system. your kids to leave out at the house at night. You're, yep. Well... Not so much the girls. Your, your, your girls, you expect that they'll return. But your boys, when they leave out at nighttime, that's a problem. Because you know they're automatically a target. They are targeted. They are profiled. And there's no expectation that they will make it back. But even my girls, I mean, I felt like they would be haunted. And that's really a bad word to say. But 
the young lady at Target, you know, it was another white guy that pulled her out of there, but I just feel like it could have been anybody. It could have been any one of us. And I feel like sometimes late, late at night, I would call my girls and say, it's too late for you to be on the highway. Why? Because I think there's somebody out there that might hunt you, hunt you down. It's like Christmas And that's time. crazy to feel that way. Yep. But we as mothers, we always have this little part of us that want, we will always want our kids to be safe, no matter what they go through. So there was a, a there was a video on, um, I believe it was on Instagram today where Jerry had did something. He had <laughs> did something. Then the other guy last night that got, or two nights Hold ago, on. they got Wait killed. Wait a minute. Talk about the taser. Jerry was fighting the police. Fighting them. And he was whooping them. He beat up the police. He, he, he took out the, he took he the police's the baton <laughs> and was whooping the police with their own baton. Then got up and got in the police car and drove away. And Nary... Not and not one shot was fired, not one taser was sent anywhere. Right. And then you have Rashad, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Rashad, who had obviously been drinking and he knew it and he mm-hmm. let them know he had been drinking. Right. You had this man's information. You had his car. And he took off running. Now of course he got in a little scuffle with you. Okay. Got in a little scuffle, took your taser. Okay, he took the taser, non-lethal weapon, and took off running. And you go running after him. But let's look at this thing. You got his car. Right. You know exactly who he is. So if you really want to get him, then you called your people. You got his description. Tell him he's got your taser. Set up a perimeter and close it in and get him. That's right. Okay. You don't shoot him dead. But that's they're wrong. Have to start. Um requiring police officers to actually have more education because being a police officer requires more than just a couple of college hours. And you got to be able to think. It requires critical thinking. Absolutely. And if you cannot think critically, then you don't need to be a police officer. Exactly. That's just point blank period. Because if he was thinking critically, he would have known he has a non-lethal weapon. So when, even though he's pointing it back and it seems like he's going to shoot me with it, I'm not going to die. It's literally a taser. Right. Why exactly. would I pull out my gun and shoot him in his back? Because for a police and our black men, that is the first thing they do. That's On the first that, thing that they, they think about. They think about is, is grabbing their gun. It's because, and that's because they're threatened. Exactly. By our young men, By like us. Jackson, growing up, being able to speak his mind. Yeah. And that's the reason why. Because we raise our kids to be able to speak their mind. And it's nothing wrong with that. But people it's are... It's because they look at them as aggressive individuals as aggressive individuals and they feel like let me see your driver's like why why'd you pull me over driver's license and, and insurance please what did you pull me over for sir and then you go through all of that they don't want the questions automatically feeling like aggression and then they're getting more and more and more upset right and realistically if you look at the video of the gentleman uh, at the wendy's and, and look at how he interrogated him he didn't listen to a word he said the police officer wanted to get across what he wanted to say which literally it brings him more critical thinking skills because he's drunk he was leading his right. questions on trying to make him say something that he really didn't want to say right so, but he did say i can walk to my sister's house my sister exactly. lived right over, right, right over there and he was willing to comply he was complying he was talking very very um Fluently, he was explaining what he wanted to do. Then he until started tripping he said, him up. Until he said, I'm finna arrest you. And it, any black man has a fear of getting in the backseat of a police car. 
police car. And especially you in don't this know if time, you're coming back out. right? And, and especially in this time where things are going on, they just you know they're supposed to protect and serve, but we don't we're we're not trusting that right now yeah. because of everything that's going on in the world. And he did scuffle with him, but. Someone put up the two videos, one of the Jerry incident and one of this guy's incident that it happened at the Wendy's in Atlanta. And the other guy, like I say, the white guy, he beat the police up with their baton and then he took their car and he was not even tased or anything. He was just arrested and taken to jail. Why is it that police he fell asleep in a drive through and he was right. woken up and arousted? And then he was shot dead. He, so look at these right. two things. And That's he crazy. Was, I don't even think he was in the drive-thru line. He was parked in the Wendy's he was parking parked. lot. He was parked. Because he knew he was drunk. So he stopped to take. He li- he did what they told what they tell us to do. Because, you know, uh-huh. I used to kick it. Us. And, us. <laughs> yes, Y'all. I used to kick Not it. Me. And they, they used to say, if you can't, if you know that you can't drive, pull over. Right. And it's crazy because you think about, um. Devin, what's his name? Dylan Roof, mm-hmm. and he killed an entire church of people. And they right. gave him. And they 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 arrested him peacefully, and then stopped at Whataburger, and got Burger him some, King, Burger King, and got him something to eat. And then you think about this guy who was literally doing exactly what he should have done when he knew that he didn't couldn't harm make it home. Anybody didn't kill anybody, and he probably was thinking. I mean, I just me just thinking about the story. His daughter's birthday was the next day. So he didn't want to go to jail. He had so much planned for the next day. He had life planned. And then this, you know, it's just really, it's sad. And it's sad for our young men, for my young boys, for your young son, for, you know, for, for everybody that, that's black and have a young child, whether you're boy or girl. It's yeah. just really a sad situation I, right now. So before we go, what do you think about the protests? I am for them. Mm-hmm. protest 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 because mm-hmm. I, I if you think about history this, this is how we get our voice across and this is how we make change we make change by hitting them in their hit them in their pockets mm-hmm. and disrupting their life unfortunately right. it's unfortunate it's it has unfortunate. to be like that because right. this is a process that has been going on for a long time mm-hmm. and hopefully um, now real change is made not just necessarily sitting here and, and saying okay well, we're going to bury this person and we're going to make a few changes and we're going to be okay because all it does is quiet you for a little while we need some real change real change right and so what we got to do is we got to get to the voters booth we got to get there and get out and vote we've got to vote not just nationally we have to vote locally and we have to vote county-wise and state-wise and get the right people in the right places and I'm just going to say this. This will be a topic for another podcast. We got to have term limits because we there's no reason why we should have a governor in place for 12, 16 years. That, so that should be unheard of. Right. If that's the case, let your president be in place 12, 16 Mm-mm. years. Don't you can't that. do that. After <laughs> right. you spend your two terms, you got to go because right. that allows for change. Yeah. And if we can't have change, and we because what ultimately happens in our state, we've had a governor forever. But the tide is turning because they what I don't think they I don't think that they really thought of, thought this process through when they were brought like uh, advertising Texas to Californians because they're moving here and they're moving blue. 
to Texas. Right. And these people are getting their addresses to Texas and they're voting for gov- for politicians in Texas. Right. Not right. not California. California right. is already blue. So they're moving Texas. It, Texas is about to be a swing state. Yeah. And it's going to go either way. Right. Which is exactly what we need. But what we also need to understand, young people, is that, or everybody, we have to make sure that you vote and vote sta- locally and vote for the county and vote for the state. It's not about the president. We don't want him. <laughs> we don't like what he's doing. But it doesn't matter if we have both houses. If the Democrats have both houses, the House of Representatives and the Senate, then you can get your programs done with done done and even if the president vetoes you get two-thirds in the house and two-thirds in the senate you can override the veto yeah, so you don't right. have to worry about that we just need to get it in so the yeah. tide is changing there are several states that are swing states and we need to vote i know this is totally completely off of what we came to talk about black lives matter but understand everybody that listens if you're in the united states you vote yeah right and this, you know, it really ties into Black Lives Matter because we're protesting for change. And the only way we're going to get change is we're going to have and to. the best way to talk about that is because right now we're going through, well, they're trying to oppress vote, voter turnout. We're going through like voter oppression because they we're going through this pandemic and they don't want mail-in votes to be available. But right. We, but you voted by mail because yeah. you felt you feel like it's going to be fraud, but you voted by mail several times. Right. And so. so that's another form of voter oppression. I think the thing is, is that I think that right now we're at a point to where I don't think that I think that that we finally hit a point to where enough is enough. Right. And so you have people that don't care about coronavirus. Mm-hmm. I'm still going out. You can try to. OK, I won't get the mail in vote, but I'm still going to go out and I'm a vote because right. now I know I need to get I need to get Mitch McConnell off the out, out of that out of that seat. See, that's mm-hmm. another thing everybody's complaining about Mitch McConnell, but they voted him in there. But they and you don't like there. the fact that he's the, 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 the senior uh, person in the Senate and he's the head in the Senate. Get rid of him. Rid and the way him. you get rid of him is by voting. Vote blue. You got to vote. Right. You got to vote. You got to vote. I mean, he said that our reparations for slavery was voting Obama into office. Isn't that a shame? That, now, how, oh, how racist can you get? First of all, Obama is not even fully black. So you let us skirt him in there, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's mixed. Right. So it's not like you had a full blown black man in the office. No, you, you, you let him get in there just cause he was, you know, he was a mixed man, but even though he identifies as black, but still for you to say that, that's like a slap in the face. Cause you gave, have you seen the list? They gave all these other people $500 million and all this other kind of stuff. And we haven't gotten anything and we built the country. Wow. It's unfortunate. It's very it's unfortunate. unfortunate. It's just the way that it has been. But we're in the process of change. We're in the process of making things better. And our young people will not end this fight. And we will continue to support our young people. And we will continue to be a voice and to support wherever it is that we can. That's why we say, let's get at it. Dynamic conversations from the heart. We want to speak from the heart and give people the platform to speak from the heart. So... We start today, we start yesterday, and we'll start and continue tomorrow to let's get at it and keep doing what we do. Christy, we thank you thank for joining you so with much us for today us. and, and giving us your voice and sharing with us the feelings of a mother of a young black son. But understand and know that this is only the beginning. Things are going to change, and we're going to have a great time. So let's, let's get, get at it. it. Thank you for listening. 
Please remember to subscribe to Let's Get At It on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast app that you may be using. 